99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome on in or welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. So glad that you have returned or you've made it into your very first episode. We've got a stunner of an episode today. Looking forward to this one so much. It's been a little bit to try and link up. 100%. But, but I'm so glad that you've made some time for us and that we can have you on the show. So welcome everybody. We've got Jordi on the show. What's good? What's good, everyone? Thanks so much, Ra, for uh, welcoming me on to this podcast. Again, like you said, it has been a hot minute <laughs> trying to plan the process of me getting onto this podcast. Um, but I'm super, super grateful and stuff to be here as well. Ah, hard and hot. Again, super thankful that you've given some of your time. Busy schedule, early riser. I know it's not your cup of tea, but here we go. We managed to link it all up. Better late than never, they say. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we dive into it a little too far, can you just give us a bit of a core why Norway? Tell us who you are, where you're from. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jordan. Um, I'm from Rotorua, so that's where I grew up most of my life, up north. But I was born in uh, H-Town, Hamilton. Um, but yeah, spent most of my life growing up in the Bay of Plenty and stuff uh, before making my way down here. So yeah, most of my family lives in Rotorua and I am also Cook Island as well. So I have both sides of my family living in Tukoroa, which is a very small town, about 40 minutes outside of Rotors. Tukoroa seems to be like a, a very famous place for getting like brown people up and out there in the world. Honestly, if you, it's, it's pretty much a brown town. Like <laughs> that's pretty much the town where all my my family, or you know, my family's family, all of our PI ancestors basically migrated to when they came over to New Zealand. So. I'd pretty much say that's like the PI central of the North Island in a way. Because, <laughs> yeah, like there's heaps of famous people that come out of that place. And they're oh, all just brown. Quaid Cooper? <laughs> well, Quaid got um, ice. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. Richard Carl come out from there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. See, that's just, just town busting. Just built different. Yourself. <laughs> yourself, you got links there. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Humble beginnings, humble beginnings. Humble beginnings, eh? <laughs> so that, that's how you got to be successful, Fano Brown. Top it all. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the checklist right there. <laughs> In that order. In that order. <laughs> Brown, PI, top it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what was it like growing up for Jordan? Oh, what was it like growing up for me? It was. I had quite an interesting upbringing because I didn't actually grow up alongside all of my cousins and stuff who all lived in Tokoro. So, um, like all my immediate like first cousins and all that, they all grew up in Tokoro. They went to school in Tokoro. I only went to school in Tokoro probably for like a year back in primary, um, and then my mum basically moved us into Rotoro because there was a bit more opportunity like for both of us there. Um, and mum took up jobs and rotors and stuff. So. It was it was quite cool because I 
almost got to see two different dynamics growing up, like me growing up in Rotorua, which is a little bit more of a bigger city. Um, and obviously I got to grow up, around, I grew up around a lot of like Māori um, and stuff in my high school years and all that. So comparing my upbringing to my cousins, because we were, all, we were still real tight-knit and close, it was really interesting seeing the dynamic of a small town versus like a little bit of a bigger town, <laughs> like kind of personality. So yeah, yeah. And that was interesting. It was an interesting upbringing, but it's a, it was like a humble beginning uh, and an upbringing that I don't think I'd ever change anything about either. Um, I guess coming from a small town like Tokoro and all my family there, but also experiencing life in Rotorua, which is a little bit more bigger. It was just a way of keeping me grounded quite a lot growing up knowing that my beginnings were back in Token. Token was always going to be my hometown as well, no matter where it was that I moved um, in the country or in the world. Um, and even though I wasn't even born in Tokoro, it was just still like, no, nah, I'm from there. That's where that's where all my family's from. That's the town I'm going to claim. <laughs> it'd be like that, though, eh? When, once you sort of Actual. imprint that place on it. and I feel Exactly. Like it, it's got a bit more mana when you come from a small town. It does, it does, and like I feel like you have, you have a little bit more to stand on as well when you get when you when you get like successful or get a little bit more out there. You're just like, yeah, well, I I basically came from a small town, so <laughs> humble beginnings all the way. <laughs> uh, one of those small towns where you're like, yeah, had to run through a volcano, swim over three lakes. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's that, and that's the stories my parents used to tell me on how they used to get to school every day. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but you go and walk through a bloody. Yeah, walk through a river, they climb up the mountain and then <laughs> swim across the lake and then we're there. <laughs> uh, and you're complaining about catching the bus? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> YY Express, man. YY Express. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I feel like parents always in those situations, they give us the, the most beautiful lessons, even though some of them you're like, right, it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you're capping over there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And that was that was that was my uh that was my dad for sure. <laughs> the, the stories I I'd hear from him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Is is that gonna be your style when you tell um stories to the, your your kids or your nieces and nephews and stuff coming through? Hard out. Hard out. I mean look at the climate that I feel like we've all grown up in. Like come on, we've we've grown up in a pandemic <laughs> a, like a global pandemic and I don't think I reckon my kids when I eventually have them, we'll be learning about that stuff when they're in school. And I'm like, I grew up in that. <laughs> I lived my 20s in that time, and it was not a fun time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going to milk all these stories of my upbringing to my kids. I know I am. <laughs> hey, Just to keep them on the straight one. and narrow. <laughs> <laughs> Actual stories, but that yeah. pandemic one, oh, I'm making up all the lies. Yeah, man. <laughs> And remember, the world was supposed to end in like 2012 as well, so I lived through that. <laughs> All these milestones that you know that we've surpassed, and I'm like, wow, add that to the list. Add that to the list of stories I get to tell. <laughs> Hard out. Hard yeah. out. Oh, it's gonna be hectic times. I'm gonna have the most capped stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one's gonna know any different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the whānau at home, they don't know, you and I, we met down at Otago, down at um, yep. Dunedin. What brought you to Otago coming from Rotorua? Oh, uh, university. So study initially led me down south. Um, and it was in my last year of high school, I had the option of either going to Auckland University 
or Otago University. And I got scholarships to both of them. Um, and even though Auckland was closer to home, I think I really wanted to explore the South Island a lot more because um, of the, in my last year of high school, I got to experience Outward Bound. Um, and if no one knows what Outward Bound is, it's basically the best thing I think I've ever done. Um, and that was based in the Marlborough Sounds, uh, just at the top of the South Island. So I think initially having a sneak peek into the landscapes of the South Island and then getting the opportunity to potentially live in the South Island, I was like, yeah, I'm taking that. Um, so yeah, made the trip down. Uh, 2017 is when I moved down here and that was initially to study health science um, at university. So yeah, University of Otago pulled me down here all the way across the other side of the country <laughs> with absolutely no family at all as well. So all my family, I left in the North Island. Um, and honestly, I didn't want to move away from my family, not that far anyway, but it was just, I think, an opportunity that I just couldn't pass. So yeah. Do you think it's like a, the added value of being so far away that you're forced to grow so much that kind of push you to go down there as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've always been like a, a massive believer in putting yourself in uncomfortable situations all the time because um, I feel like that's essentially where someone grows the most is being uncomfortable. And I think coming down here initially was a very scary thing to me because I had no one down here besides a couple of friends maybe from – uh, high school and stuff but it was basically a start to a brand new chapter and I think it was probably one of the best things I could have done coming out of high school um, yeah the amount of growth that I think I've gone through in the past six years of living down here has just been incredible <laughs> it, it isn't one of those places eh, where you either like overcook and it doesn't go too well for you down there yeah. or you just put on simmer and Everything just happens in a way that doesn't push you to the edge, but it really tests you oh, and you definitely. grow so much. Yeah, yeah. And I think I experienced a lot of that, even just in my first year of studying health science. <laughs> I mean, I think for anyone else that knows what health sciences is like, it's just intense. And I was definitely pushed to limits already in my first year of university. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're out here playing uni on hard mode. Why would you pick like one of the hardest ones to go through? <laughs> Honestly, it was, I think part of it was a little bit of added pressure from coming out of high school um, and wanting to, to do something really big, wanting to, to make something for myself. And through my last two years of high school, I basically only took the three sciences uh, algebra, like calculus and English. And yeah, probably the five most boring subjects anyone could take in school. But those were the subjects I took in my last two years, uh, just so I could keep my options open for when I left school. Um, and then health sciences, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I was quite interested in like the human body and everything like that. And medicine was kind of on the table when I first initially came down to Dunedin. Um, but it was just more like a, let's just test this, see how it goes. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. Eh? Yeah. So put myself on the hardest possible course you could probably do coming out of high school, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely, uh, a, a great learning curve for me coming out, um, into university. Eh? Yeah. Do you think there was external pressure as well to go into that paper? Yeah. Yeah. There were lots of external pressure and I, I think, Coming down on a scholarship was one of the pressures. 
and then also just a lot of people that I had back home, uh, friends, family, teachers, just everyone sort of just had this image of me going down to uni and doing something really big or just making something great of myself. So I think a lot of that pressure in the moment sort of pushed me down to coming here and getting into health sciences, even though I feel like it wasn't exactly what I wanted at that time. It was just an opportunity that was just sitting there and I was like, well, let's just do it and see if it works. Oh, yeah. Do you have much to like say on people getting those external pressures? Because I know it is hard for a lot of, yep. especially the younger ones coming through to say, yep. nah, this is kind of what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, if I could go back to my high school self and chat with my high school self, I'd definitely say go and do something because you want to study it. Um, I think the one of the big things I noticed in my first year, even just meeting people that were doing health science or whatever, there was a lot of us that were doing it and weren't quite sure why we were doing it. It was just more either someone's told us to do it or someone, you know, told us that medicine's the best field to be in, it makes the most money. Um, but I know a lot of people still weren't quite sure where their passion for life sat. Um, and I think yeah, I think being around that, I just realized like, wow, there's actually not that many people that go into a high school or talk to high schoolers and say, you don't have to go to uni straight away. Like you don't have to go straight into study, especially if you're not sure on what you want to do. Um, Cause that's a lot of money and it's a lot of time commitment as well to committing to a degree. So if you're going to go and study something, make sure it's exactly aligning with who you are and where you want your life to go. Otherwise, you're just going to rack up a massive debt on something that you're never going to use later later down the track or a course that's going to end up making you feel miserable, you know? And so I, I wish I could go back to my high school self and say that. <laughs> like, just take your time. If it's not aligning with your passions or anything, don't feel like you have to go and do something. I don't, a few of the guests that have come on the show said yep. that they wish – or they really loved that they did take a gap year if they had taken yep. one, but some wish that they did just yep. to figure things out a little bit more because yeah. 18, you're so young, or some 17 coming yep. into university. You're so young. You, you've got your whole life ahead of you, exactly. but it feels like you've already got to have this pre-planned. You've got to achieve yeah, yeah, yeah. certain things. For sure. And like I can see that um, in my brother. So my, my younger brother's just started university this year as well. Um, and so having a talk with him at the end of high school last year, he was sort of in that mindset of I have to have my life figured out and figure out what career I want to be in for the rest of my life. And I'm like, you haven't even turned 18 yet. <laughs> like most of your like hardest life challenges are like so far down the track, you know, like just give yourself some time to enjoy your youth and how young you are right now. And you'll find something. It doesn't matter if your friends already know what they want to do um, or your teachers know what they want you to do. It's whatever you're comfortable in doing. Um, which is exactly what I said to him. So luckily he's gone into uni and he's actually passionate about what he's studying, uh, which is so great for me. And I'm like, I wish I had that. <laughs> I wish I had someone telling me this in my first year. <laughs> oh, no, that's some great advice you could give yeah. anyone as well that's looking at that. Yeah. I guess now you've got a little bit of flexibility with your first year free, but again, you don't want to rack up that massive debt exactly. for no reason. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell him. I'm like, your first year is free, so make sure you're spending that well, like on something you know you're going to do or finish, you know? 
hard out. Yeah. yeah, there's so many people I know that were in my degree that had come from um, med that were like, nah, that's too much. Or they come from physio. No, like, I'm yep. not too sure if it's for me. So they yep. do the PE route and then some go back to physio or some just Yeah, move yeah on. exactly. I just tell them, in all honesty, I'm only doing PE because it seemed like the easiest degree to get. <laughs> <my senior degree." laughs> I feel like I remember you saying this to me as well when we were working together. <laughs> Got to do uh, PE. It's the easiest one to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still counts. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bachelor's degree. Oh, it is. And you know what? <laughs> the probably the most number one quote I heard in health in health science was "C's get degrees." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but I choose wisely. Don't do what I did and pick it just because it's the easiest. <laughs> well, don't choose well, mine because it's the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> find something in the middle. Yeah, find something, find something in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> oh no and so in amongst all of your time at university you had to fit in a bit of rugby yeah you had to yeah. fit in building up yourself into a brand yeah honestly it was did... oh it was quite the like journey to be honest because in my first year of uni um at the end of health sciences i applied for physio and medicine uh, i got into both of those fields at, at the end of that year but I just didn't know which one I wanted to take on and if I was passionate enough about it. So I took a gap year the following year after health science just to sort of figure things out. And that's when me and you met <laughs> working in retail at Vodafone. Um, and that was sort of my time on figuring out like what, what am I passionate about or what am I good at or what do I think I could spend the rest of my life doing? And in all honesty, back then, content creation was actually already an idea that I had in my mind. I just wasn't sure how to bring it into fruition. Um, and so I kind of already had bounced around the content creator idea because it was one field that I could think of where you could use every strength that you had. Like there were, there was just no limits to what you could create or what community you could pull in or what brand you could be. Like it was like a limitless, a limitless universe basically where you could just authentically be yourself. Um, and so I think that's why content creating and getting into that stuff really appealed to me because that was the struggle I had through uni was, well, you know, I know I'm good at this thing, but there's a whole bunch of other things that make me happy that I want to use as well. So I'm not sure if that's going to align with a health profession job. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of juggling, a lot of trying to discover, <laughs> you know, deep down what I really wanted to do. And it honestly didn't really happen until maybe a couple years after uni, um, after I had actually left uni. And that's when I got into the whole TikTok realm and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, amongst that time, it was just juggling rugby, juggling study, juggling work, <laughs> and just a bunch of other things life was throwing at me that I guess in a way were testers to see where I fit in and what I actually wanted to do. Oh, I mean, it would be quite hard to try and <clears throat> balance a lot of those things especially yeah. if you know not that they're not a big passion of yours because yeah. obviously you'd still want to do really well at it yeah but it would be hard to try and manage trying to build content as well as trying to excel in med and stuff like that yeah so obviously one of those things had to give way <laughs> and that's that's exactly why i chose not to go into um into medicine or anything like that i just I knew I had to give myself a little bit more time 
um, to really try and feed those passions, you know? Um, so that's exactly what we did. <laughs> Do you, you're okay with that? Yeah, I think, again, part of me wishes that I kind of had this realization or this kind of support when I was first leaving university, or first leaving high school into university. Um, Cause I reckon that probably would have, I would have probably taken the gap year straight out of high school if I felt supported in taking a gap year. Um, but like I said before, there was just a lot of external pressure um, on me to go to university, which is why I went in the first place. Um, but I think the way, I guess at the past four years for me in Dunedin have unfolded, you know, like going to HealthSci and then taking a gap year, discovering my passion for content creating. Um, and then amongst that time, I went back to study to be a personal trainer as well because uh, I figured out that that was also a field that I really excelled in and I loved. Um, I wouldn't change anything about it because I feel like that had to happen for me to be where I am right now and for me to know the things I do about myself right now. Um, so I'm actually quite grateful that things unfolded the way it did um, and just all the learnings and growth that kind of came from it happening that way as well. Like, it's quite tough going to uni and then getting into medicine and physio and then being like, oh, nah, we're just going to shut the door on that and then take a, take a gap year. You know, I was kind of like, I felt in a way I was also almost breaking, like, the societal norms in, in a way, like, just breaking barriers the entire time. <laughs> Very much so. It's an unorthodox route to take. But it is. Like you said, it's what makes you happy. And I feel like content creation and personal training can go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they're two things that, again, you can make content out of being a personal trainer. You can make an online business out of being a trainer, but being a trainer also means you still get to help people and still get to be around people, which, yeah, they were just two things that just completely went hand in hand for me at that time. That's amazing. And I love that, you know, normally it's not close to do that. So for you to break away from the norms and go and see your own path, I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And, you know, it's what we're trying to do here. It's exactly. Steer a little bit to the right. You exactly. Know, <laughs> yeah. So all about getting out there and just pursue those passions, Farno, because we don't have long on this on this blue planet. So we've got to <laughs> take any opportunities we can. Exactly. So with content creation, obviously starting's quite hard. So where was your starting point? Oh, my starting point... I reckon my starting point actually creating content was probably, it was actually probably in my first year at university, probably towards like semester two and stuff. I remember there was a couple of videos that I jumped on um, and it was, it was like a mental health awareness kind of video. And I remember jumping on it with a massive group of other people from around New Zealand. And we kind of just had this idea to make this video on mental health awareness week to sort of just spread the word about, you know, the statistics and stuff that were around um, suicide and stuff at that time. And I remember jumping on that and we released this video. It was like me and another friend from school um, that had this really good idea. We collated these videos from multiple personalities and people from around the country, put it out there and it actually went quite big. <laughs> um, I remember that was the year that I think my face actually started popping up on random people's like timelines and stuff on Facebook. And then I'd get people being like, I've seen you somewhere. 
I've seen you on a video somewhere. I'm like, it's probably the video. <laughs> it's probably this video I could think of. Um, so I reckon, yeah, during my first year at university, I made quite a few videos that I just chucked up on my Facebook because at that time, TikTok was not a thing. Um, and there was no other real, I guess, app that was gave you that ability to to easily break into the social media scene, if that makes sense. Um, but I, if I go back to like the solid beginning of me growing a massive following, it probably would be 2019, 2020 summer before the first lockdown. And that was the first summer where TikTok was popping off. Uh, this is when the app completely blew up and people were just downloading. And that's when you had all your trends, you had musicians blowing up on TikTok at that time. Um, and I remember one time on TikTok, I think I posted a video with the rugby girls. Pretty sure Henny was in this video. Um, and it was just us dancing after a finals that we had won. And that gained quite a bit of traction on TikTok. And I was like, whoa, this dance isn't even like fully choreographed either. Like, <laughs> why are people liking this video? Uh, but it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. And so after that, I was just like, oh, yeah, let's just post videos for fun. And in doing so, those videos that I posted for fun started just gaining momentum again. I was like, wow. And it blew my mind. Um, and then I remember one time sitting there looking at my TikTok account and I think I was probably at maybe a thousand, a thousand followers or something. And so I made it a mission to myself. I was like, how about I post once or twice a day, every day for a week and I'll see how much I can grow. I went from maybe yeah, a thousand followers into 10,000 followers and that was just in the space of a week and that was just from consistency and from me posting content that people were reacting to that people wanted more of and then from there it was just like a massive snowball reaction eh? like latching on to the trends that were on TikTok at that time using the trending sounds and stuff dances and I think in a way the only thing that COVID probably could have bought me <laughs> was the fact that during lockdown, everyone was on their phone. Every person had social media because it was really the only thing you could do to keep yourself occupied at home. And that was probably the biggest growth point of TikTok. Um, and that's when I noticed the, the biggest growth in my platform and my following and stuff is when people had nothing else to do but scroll through their feed and look at people on TikTok. So yeah, we went from thousand followers and then made the milestone of a hundred thousand followers which blew my mind completely because I never thought that would be a milestone I'd ever reach um and you know you've made it in some sense when you walk out of the house and you get recognized <laughs> by, by other people <laughs> on the street you know and you get called tiktok girl or something like that so yeah it was just it was just a crazy crazy time um when I look back on where we grew from especially when I noticed it started like where it started like growing into a massive avalanche almost that momentum on online yeah you picked it up at like the best time too yeah because it felt like that people were wanting a transition from vine because vine left were you yep. on the vine train Nah, so I actually missed the Vine train. I remember I used to love watching Vines, but that was only on like yeah. YouTube, like when people used to put the compilations together or something. Um, but nah, I hadn't gotten onto the Vine train. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think people wanted something like Vine and TikTok almost became the next thing that was close to Vine. So, which is why it probably yeah. skyrocketed so much. I definitely think so. And now, do you, do you think that because of 
the popularity and how TikTok grew so fast that you have to put out short form content in order for the long form content to grow because of people's attention spans being so limited. Hundred percent. Oh man, this is something that I've always struggled with. A eh? like, I've always like there's there's content that I'd love to create that I feel like would require a little bit more attention from my audience, and it's really just trying to find ways to grab their attention and like the first because you've only got like maybe three seconds the first the instant that your video pops up to grab someone's attention and make them want to watch you longer and so really trying to figure out creative ways to grab people's attention without looking like clickbait <laughs> is actually quite it's quite challenging it's quite hard you know and it keeps it's probably one of the things that keep content creators on their toes is like how do I make this engaging you know even though it might not be an engaging topic or might not be an engaging trend that you're doing <laughs> so yeah it's definitely something i've, I've struggled with 100 percent. yeah because it, it's that like you said you need to capture their attention in three to 1.5 seconds and if you don't well they're just scrolling right on to the next one exactly yeah yeah and then being consistent with that too because i feel like yeah. sometimes it's the most random content that you put out that yeah. pops off whereas the ones that you plan out and you release just crickets yeah <laughs> yeah just crickets and those those tumbleweeds <laughs> <laughs> honestly like, i've had the same yeah i've had the same same problem before eh? like especially mahi that i might get um that might be like paid mahi or something like a campaign or a, or a business that i'm working with that i put a lot of time into trying to plan um the content and stuff and i'm like hang on a minute, why is this video of someone <laughs> someone just filming them eating, getting more views? Like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, it's, it's crazy the amount of just the different things that pop off on TikTok. Like, you'll have videos that you will not expect at all to be popular and somehow it's gotten like 10 million plus views. <laughs> You're just scratching your head like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> the ones that get me eh, are the people who react to someone else reacting and they get heaps of views. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> How is this How? a thing? How <laughs> exactly. is this a thing? Exactly. And I feel like in a sense, like that almost makes, it's almost made the social media scene quite easy for a lot of other people to break out into by posting random stuff like that. Like I know a lot of accounts on TikTok, especially are accounts where people just react to things. I'm like, man, you sit there all day and react to, to a video and you get all these views and likes and following. Like, <laughs> That's an easy nine to five job right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It ain't nothing. You're just watching someone else do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where's the value? <laughs> <laughs> sure, then you're like, nah, that was trash. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's a it's a it's think... a deep dark world. <laughs> hard out, hard out. It's a sad world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that it's it's a lot harder for newer creators and like trying to break out now that the market's quite oversaturated because of COVID? We had that influx of people at home, so everyone became a TikTok uh, content creator. Yeah, everyone tried to become a YouTube creator. Yeah. Um, I think I think in terms of maybe being unique different and bringing content that no one else has seen before is definitely hard harder now but the opportunity to to branch out and and 
reach out to people across the globe has never been easier. So in terms of, you know, all of these apps and social media platforms that we have are right at everyone's fingertips, you know, so it's, it gives everyone that opportunity to reach out to many people and there's so many different niches online but I think for a brand new person to come in and give something different to the content world that's probably the hard thing and that's and that may possibly be why it's it'll make it a little bit harder to start now as well especially because it's so oversaturated coming out of COVID and all of that um, you've got a lot of creators and a lot of different niches um, that now it's almost like, how do I make myself stand out from the next person that does the same thing? You know? So, yeah, that's always, that, that that's basically what I think of it. But I reckon, yeah, just now more than ever, I think the opportunity to be able to be an entrepreneur, make something of yourself or turn yourself into a brand has never been easier because all the tools are just right there at your fingertips. <laughs> Hard. That, that's that's the huge plus and bonus, I guess, eh, is that, yes, the market is oversaturated, makes it a little bit harder, so you have to work a little harder, yeah. but your accessibility and exposure has increased Yeah, know, big time. Yeah, big time. Especially if you reflect back on, like, where social media was, maybe even when I was in high school, and that's sort of when Jimmy Jackson and stuff had, you know, started up on, on social media, and that was when Facebook was normally the main platform, and then YouTube as well on the side. And that's a little bit harder to use just those two platforms. But now you've just got Instagram, TikTok, like <laughs> there's just a bunch <laughs> of different apps that you know, probably I don't even know about anymore that are just there <laughs> ready for you. <laughs> and you can just yeah. step out into that world, basically. Do you have any advice for anyone thinking about starting that journey or thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do it? Tomorrow's going to be my first step. What advice do you have for those people? First and foremost, before you get into it, just have a reason for why you're doing it. Like have a really, really strong connection to your purpose and your why you want to create content because, you know, shit hits the fan, stuff happens, and you really need to have something strong, especially your why, that can get you through all those adversities that you will end up facing when you create content. Um, especially if you enter into the content world and you do start gaining a massive following, you do have to be comfortable with the idea that strangers and people you've never met are going to assume things about you or formulate in their own opinions and ideas of you, even though they've never met you. And you just need to be comfortable with, you know, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. So whatever anyone else says, you know, doesn't matter to me at all. Um, so that would probably be the first tip is just being really strong with who you are first. Um, and why you want to do that, uh, why you want to do it. Um, and then the next tip would probably just be consistent, to be consistent and be yourself. Um, consistency for me back when uh, TikTok was popping off was probably the best thing I could have ever done, is just being consistent um, and posting every day and just really trying hard to not saturate my, following, my followers like feeds, but, you know, like really just keep pumping it out there because – the algorithm now, especially with Instagram and TikTok, they really react to co like consistency. So if you're being consistent, the algorithm of those platforms will click onto that and they're like, cool, we're going to push your content out more and more and more. So yeah, be authentic, be consistent. <laughs> Authenticity and consistency. Yeah, that's it. Do you have a whānau? Two of the <laughs> hardest and most easiest things to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a love-hate. It's a love-hate. <laughs> 
but it's so true though you've got to be consistent i mean the most um successful content creators out there are posting daily i think gary v i got a few of his books yep. back here he posts like three pieces of content minimum per day yeah yep. um mr beast is pumping out videos on the daily on multiple different channels yeah exactly and look at how big these guys have gotten from doing the real basics right you know and I mean, if you even if you watch any of Gary V's videos, when people ask him like, "How do I get my content out there?" That's probably one of the things he says is post every day, be consistent, <laughs> um, and it'll happen yeah. somewhere somehow. You know, hard. You just like he says, got to be consistent and just got to keep posting. Yeah, and I feel like some of the messages he says people don't get because they keep asking the same questions whenever you watch or listen to his content. It's always the same. Like, yeah. how do I be successful? be consistent or how do i be consistent create content or how do i do this i'm like bro he's told you in many he's other told episodes, you just... exactly it's almost like people i think people just want the the quick and easy the quick and easy fix to to getting their views up to, or to getting their following up without doing the hard mahi um but like gary v says it's just you can't do that <laughs> you have to just put in the hard yards now be consistent with it and eventually your work will pay off somewhere down the track when you gain momentum you know hard yeah i feel like you have to love the process as well because yep. if you don't like if you don't like editing if you don't like yeah creating the content then it's, it's never going to be for you you've got nah. to fall in love with the grind yeah yeah exactly and you have to really enjoy yeah like you said the content that you're creating as well um because it doesn't make it feel like it's a job at all <laughs> it just it's just you recording yourself um and you know it's it can be quite an enjoyable thing as well especially that whole process from recording to editing um but yeah just as long as you enjoy it make it easy hard once you enjoy it then the rest just flows yeah um, and if you'd stop enjoying it then stop doing it that's that's just <laughs> just stop <laughs> just stop now yeah. <laughs> sometimes like, you see people that like i have friends that i talk to and they like just don't like where they're at or what they're doing so i just tell them well just stop doing it like a mm -hmm. baby they don't touch a fireplace twice they touch yep. it once learn that it's hot they don't do it again yeah exactly exactly it's about listening to these learnings and growth and actually paying attention to them <laughs> <laughs> exactly so what's next for you out there on this on this whole journey of content creation personal training yeah. living life what's next for jordan well that is that is a great question. Um, I think from where I'm sitting now, I've, my next step is like my next big goal actually is to eventually turn content creating into a full time thing. Um, and I I think that's at the end of the day that is my dream job is to be able to create content, do what I love doing every day, and get paid for it. Like that's the in a sense that's that's the life that we all wish for as well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, full-time content creator is probably not my next big thing. I've just currently, uh, gone under new management this year. So I've got a couple of lovely ladies that are actually based up in Makatu, uh, who are now my, um, manager and support crew. And I think they also have a lot of big things planned for me as well, um, with my content creation space. So we're sort of in the talks of starting a, some kind of podcast or some kind of, uh, what do you call it series of videos and stuff where i get a bit more raw and authentic on camera and actually share a lot of experiences that i've gone through and stuff like that um so that's one big one big goal probably in the next year or so hopefully that will 
come into fruition. Um, and then again, just loving my life as a personal trainer. Eh? So I'm, I currently work at F45, which is, which is a great blessing um, to, to be in that space as a trainer. And so I think for me, another big goal is I'd eventually actually love to own my own gym um, somewhere down the line, whether or not that's in the next two or three years. Um, but that is just a space that I can't see myself leaving, even though, even if I become a full-time content creator, um, just the love for health and fitness, I just don't see ever going away. So yeah, those are the, those are the big goals at the moment, um, that we've been bouncing around for the start of the year. Amazing. Those yeah. are some amazing goals. Um, yeah. definitely, definitely exciting times ahead. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. What's it like having uh, a manager and support crew? It's it's honestly it's it's awesome. It's awesome because these ladies that I've met um, are very different from I think other management and agencies that I've dealt with before. Uh, these ladies offer the full wraparound support of everything. So they offer uh, support. So before I even like like confirmed that I was moving to these ladies in terms of switching management and stuff. The whole process that they do when they take on new creators or new influencers is that they actually make them go through a self-discovery kind of phase. So they give about eight to eight to 10 weeks of self-discovery and they sort of send you out this booklet just so that they can really get to know the influencers or creators that they work with right down to the core. Uh, so that when they eventually go out and try and source you mahi or campaigns with businesses, they already can give a framework of who you are, what values you hold, so that the business that wants to work with you has to align with you first before offering you any contracts. Uh, so these ladies, yeah, they, they're just the full wraparound support of everything from admin, from getting me jobs and stuff, to helping me, myself, <laughs> go through that self-discovery and try and figure out what content I want to create or post up and stuff and honestly it's it's the best thing having people support you in that way and have your back in that way because there's a lot of there's a lot of money sharks <laughs> a lot of money sharks out there in this in this industry and so having people that you trust uh to do the hard mahi of negotiating for you is it's been awesome it's been lo it's been great <laughs> for the past three years <laughs> How important is it to find a, a management crew and system that, you know, that you can trust that do not like work for you, but like work, work for with, you yeah, in yeah. the sense of, you know, um, like making sure that you're your best you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, oh, it's so important. And I, I realize how important it is because these ladies are actually probably the first ladies that I've come across that work in this space and offer that kind of support. Previous people that I've worked with were only really worried about the contract, the money, sign it, you know, and there wasn't really any anything else outside of that. Um, but sort of just having having these people here that are all about you and how well you do, regardless of what price tag is on it or what price tags on that contract, they're really just worried about you to the core, you know, like is this going to make you happy? Does this align with your core values? Does this business align with your brand? Um, it's, yeah, it's super important because it's real hard to get lost in navigating the social media kind of space. 
Yeah, because that space is so new as well, right? Like, you'd be kind of willing to go with anyone in, in the early stages, but yeah. as you sort of grow and develop, you've got to make sure that they have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what, what happened to me when I first got into uh, content creating and social media. I pretty much said, yeah, like I'd love to, you know, have a manager and stuff. So I sort of just agreed to to have management without really knowing the the specifics and stuff of how that dynamic would work um so yeah this has been a massive learning curve and honestly finding these ladies like the end of last year was a complete blessing because they were exactly what i was searching for in this space um so yeah you do you do learn it's like a trial and error you figure out i guess what you do what you do and don't like about certain agencies or certain management styles um, but again, you're the, you're the creator, you're the influencer. So you get to choose, I guess, who supports you and who's in your corner. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be, you know, getting near that stage where they need to be looking at getting a manager and what to look for? Cause I mean, Fano, if you haven't check out the Elijah Taylor story, cause his manager stole like upwards of 400 K from him throughout his playing career. Oh. Well, yeah. okay, well, uh, first of all, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that is a big no-no. Um, oh, what advice would I have for people looking for management? That's quite a hard one coming from me because the management that I have been lucky enough to found has almost found me, if that makes sense. Like I, I was actually never in a stage where I was looking for management. Um, I was just approached by people that were like, this is what we do, this is how we can help you. Um, but I think if anything... Don't be afraid to sort of just give people or different agencies or management a go. Like you'll know pretty quickly whether or not you'll align with that person um, and whether or not the way they operate or the values that they hold align with your values. So I think that's probably the core the core tip that I can give is just to make sure whoever it is that you're working with and trusting your, I guess, your business and your brand with um, that you guys do align on that level. You guys are on the same page and it's not like a, manager and then you you guys are on the same level you know there's a lot of people that get roped into being under management and it is under management like the managers get to make all the decisions about what you do what content you create but in a real world you're the star <laughs> so your manager needs to almost adjust to you and your brand and the audience that you've built up and stuff so, like, as much as it is management, it's more you're trying to find someone that you can partner with. Partner, as yeah, to it's more of a partnership. By. Exactly, exactly. It's like a partnership. You want to be able to have full trust in this person that whatever work they try and source out for you and stuff is going to be in the best interests of you and not the money that might be on the contract. There you go, fine. I've got to do a bit more due diligence. Ask around. <laughs> like, how do you find out, you know, do you just look up other people that um, are managed by that same group or person? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, like, the agency that I, one of the bigger agencies that I've worked with over the past three years is called Born Bred Talent. Um, and they basically manage a whole bunch of New Zealand and Australian creators. Uh, so there's a lot of agencies out there that are quite popular that that I'm guessing people might have heard of before um whereas uh, other managers that I've had they're quite smaller businesses and stuff and I was just lucky enough to come across them in passing at events that I've been to and all of a sudden 
everything falls into place when you meet someone, you know, at the right place at the right time. Um, but yeah, Googling any agencies, if, you know, if there are any content creators that are sort of like, oh, I'd love to have an agency to manage me or something. There's so many agencies out there um, that can offer support of some sort for their creators and stuff. So yeah, it's just about sort of figuring out um, what agency you want to go with and just re doing your research, I guess, about what other agencies are out there. That's a huge tip for life in general too, Fano. Just do a bit of research. <laughs> yeah, do a little a bit job, of research. Or, yeah, <laughs> whether it's a job, whether it's a, your car, your first car, just just do a little bit of research. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, hell, same with podcasts, man. Do some research and figure out what your content is before you make one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big lessons, big lessons. <laughs> We call it growth. We call it growth yeah, around it is. here. Growth and learning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've reached that time in the show where I, I pull up the dream box. So regular listeners will know all about the dream deposit box. Ooh. It is a Trey Young sneaker box. And on the, on the box, it says, always remember when they doubted you. That's why I love it the most. Because it's like it. a constant reminder that, you know, more often than not, people will doubt us and our dreams. So we just got to go out there, put them in this box, spread it to the world, and hopefully one day achieve them. Yes. The goal is when we start to achieve them, we'll put them up on the wall. One goal has been, uh, one dream has been achieved. We now have our own clothing line, our first clothing line, our website's up. So Fano, go check out 99dreams.co.nz. Check out the website, let me know what you think. Um, but yes, we've had other dreams in here, like... Um, I'll share with you a really shallow one that I wrote when I first got this podcast. Because you know, a bit nervous about opening up, but I wrote, "I want to own a McLaren, one of the vehicles." Shallow <laughs> New whip, new whip. But, um, <laughs> exactly. See me rolling down down Waitara. <laughs> no, where you go, where you gonna park that McLaren in Waitara? <laughs> cool. Outside Jan's takeaways for the final that no, they know. <laughs> Um, another one of our guests we come on, Danny Douglas. She wants to own her own dental clinic in South Taranaki. Um, Takaurangi wants to be a mum. Uh, Barry Beerking, his dream when he came on here was to reach thirty. I think currently he's twenty six or twenty seven. His dream is just to reach thirty. He's you know, seen a lot of mutter in his life, a lot of death. Yeah. So his his goal is to just reach thirty and be happy. I like it. I love it. All right. So what dreams do you have? It doesn't have to just be one. You can have multiple if you want. Full-time content creator. That's definitely one of my biggest dreams. I want to, yeah, inspire and motivate people full-time as a job. <laughs> um, what else? Releasing my own clothing line. Ooh. That's another big another big dream of mine eventually. Um ooh. Let me think. This is quite a big question, eh? Like when someone asks you what, what dreams you have, you're sort of like, wow, let me just <laughs> let me just take a moment to think about that. Because it's not every day that people think about their dreams and stuff, you know? which is a ah. kind of a sad fact, you know, it's something that you want to achieve, but it kind of just slips your mind every day. Um, yeah. And like, they're not always celebrated as well. Like when people 
don't really ask you what your dreams are because you don't want to say it because you feel like they might trample on your dreams a little bit. Yeah, You're not yeah, too exactly. sure how you want to react, eh? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone gets real protective of their dreams nowadays. Um, it kind of keeps yeah. it quiet. Um, what else? Hmm. Actually, another massive dream of mine, and I'm going to write it down anyway, was actually putting on the black jersey one day. Ooh, yeah. yes. That's, I think, now seeing where the women's rugby scene has come, that is definitely a goal that's still up there. It's just when and where it's going to happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah, that'll be a mean one. I'll just put a photo up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely try to get a shot of you in line with the anthem. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'd be crying. I'd be crying in that line. <laughs> Um, out there, zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom up. <laughs> Slow mo. <laughs> yeah. Watch it just drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and last one. Mm. I would like to. I'd like to do some traveling before I reach thirty. To be honest. I haven't been to any other country in the world besides Australia and Rarotonga, which is not a country, but it's an island. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to yeah, do a bit of traveling around the world before I reach 30. Yeah. yeah. No, that's mean. I love that. See, when everyone's like, nah, I've traveled, where you been? They're like, Australia, my dad, don't count. That's just a hot in New Zealand. <laughs> it that's is. the exact same thing over there. Exactly. It's a pretty much an extension of New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, it's a hot in New Zealand and they have snakes and spiders and, yeah. you know, it ain't that fun. So yeah. technically, I've not travelled. I've yeah. been to Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, been to Aussie, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, those are some amazing dreams. With the rugby one, is is that sevens or fifteens? See, or that's a great question because I love both of those sports, but I do think, if anything, I'd probably break into the black jersey through fifteens. Um, because sevens, mm. sevens is handy, man. Like, have you seen some of the sevens women's players at the moment? Far out. <laughs> um, they're elite. They're elite. They honestly are, and they just they just keep getting better and better. And like, the players that come through get younger. Like, you have high schoolers that are breaking out into the black jersey. And I'm like, damn. When I was in high school, I was not that elite. <laughs> You know, really explains the growth of the game, though, eh? Oh, and how far, you know, the women's game has come, especially yeah. with the, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Rugby World Cup last year was just, it was like more gas into that flame of getting women's rugby notice uh, and out there. Because when I first started playing rugby back in 20, 2013, I think is when I first started playing, that was when the Black Friends were still not really known at all by the public. Um, no one knew back then that the Black Friends had won more World Cups than the than the men's team. <laughs> um, but and you know it's taken well over ten plus years for them to gain any sort of traction um, and getting recognised and getting paid. Getting paid is probably the big thing. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's real cool to see how much it's grown. Well, definitely because rugby, women's rugby here in New Zealand is at risk of losing a lot of players to the NRL because of the payments. Yep. So the NZRU really had to step their game up and make sure the wahine around here get paid. Exactly, because otherwise they're not going to stick around and they'll go off to another country that will probably offer them what they're actually worth, you know? Um, yep. But yeah, how cool that the women's league players now get 
big cash. <laughs> Get some decent yeah, cash that, to play league. Ah. That's a main settlement because, again, their game as well is just as exciting as the men's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've seen some of those league games far out. <laughs> they Unreal. hit. They hit. Yeah, they Did you watch hit the, hard. Um, indigenous game? Nah, Maori nah. Versus, um, some of those wahine in that team, both sides, unreal. They are crazy. Would not want to get in front of them. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'll be going the old Mahemi. Go for it. <laughs> Mahemi. Mahemi. <laughs> Pick them up at the trial. Oh, me try. Me try. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. run at me. Good job. <laughs> I want to be on your team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nah, but it, it's wicked, though, and it, it's amazing yeah. to see this, um, a lot of the publicity that um, yeah. Wahine Sports in general are getting now, and not because it's the, the token thing to do to put yeah. them on TV, but because it's an exciting package we saw with the World Cup. We're seeing exactly. a lot of the league. Like, I think, for me, I personally, just because I hate the Panthers, I personally <laughs> enjoyed the women's grand final last year versus the men's. Just yeah. I don't like the Panthers. <laughs> just the wrong team <laughs> yep a fair amount of one not grand final means all good. Uh, yeah nah panthers won so nah <laughs> nah not a good final <laughs> yeah exactly shit yeah, final yeah. <laughs> another thing we do here on this and, and you kind of already spoke on it a little bit before with some advice you'd give yourself but we kind of reflect and uh we'll go with let's go because you already did you tell your high school self, but let's go with 21. If you could Ooh. sit down with 21-year-old Jords, have a court at all, what would you say? It doesn't have to be advice. It's just, what would you say? Ooh. I think, I think, honestly, I think what I would say to my 21-year-old self is be ready um because when i was 21 that's actually when tiktok started uh taking off for me and that was my first sort of i guess introduction into the universe of being an influencer (laughs) um so i think for myself i'd just say be ready and and that means like in terms of dealing with publicity or getting paid jobs I think my if the moment I turned 21 I did not think I'd ever get paid to make videos on TikTok you know and so I was not ready when that came around I was just frazzled I was like oh my gosh I can make money oh wow let's just say yes to every contract <laughs> yes to every contract no matter who it's with <laughs> uh, so yeah just be ready and I think there's a lot of things uh, that have happened since I turned 21 that my 20 year, 21 year old self would not have been ready for at all um so yeah be ready that's probably the one thing i'd say to my 21 year old self <laughs> it's 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 such vague advice yeah but it's like great advice yeah because you're not really altering anything no. you're not saying this is what's going to happen no. avoid this do this you're just saying be ready for it ready. yeah like be ready for the journey that you're about to go on, be ready for the obstacles that you're going to face and just be ready for all the learning and the growth, especially that's going to come from a lot of things that you're going to end up facing um, in the years that come to follow. So yeah, as much as be ready is very vague for me, (laughs) I know that my 21 year old self, like if we were having a conversation, that would have been a very powerful moment 
is me just saying be ready because mm. like I said I wouldn't change anything about what has happened in the last how old am I now 24 three years <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't change anything what's happened in the last um, three years at all because like I said before that has amounted to who I am today um, but I just want my 21 21 year old self just to be a little bit more ready for the stuff that she's going to come into <laughs> do you think like like you said, you, you, you'd understand, be ready, but would you fully understand and grasp how to be ready nah. at that point? Nah. Because I'd, I, the first thing my 21-year-old self would say is, what am I being ready for? Ready for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, so I think, in an essence, that, yeah, it's a concept that I know it would have been quite hard for me to be like, what do you, you know, what do you mean by that? Like, what am I supposed to do to be ready for this? Because I guess, in a way, you, you can never be ready for things that you face in life. Um, but I guess you can prepare yourself in some way to, to hopefully tackle the challenges that come with it. Um, but yeah, because you're never ready. I don't think I've ever been ready for anything. <laughs> never been 100% ready. <laughs> it's just called prepared. <laughs> Hell, even then, sometimes that's a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just, just be ready for all the growth and learning and everything that's going to come with the next three years. Oh, that's me. And I guess that's still some advice you can take and carry with you moving forward as well, is just to stay ready um, yeah. and be prepared. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I know a lot of people aren't, uh sometimes aren't ready to to grow aren't ready to to learn and yeah those are just that's just one thing that I always want to be I always want to be open to growing no matter what the situation is because growth happens every day you don't stop growing because you leave high school you don't stop growing because you got a degree you grow every single day until the day you leave this planet hundred percent 100% and even then, by the time you leave, hopefully the lessons and the essence of who you are leave others to grow. Exactly, yeah. No, that's a beautiful sentiment. I, I love where you went with that too because, <laughs> like like we said, it's kind of vague but it's still very specific to you and where you were in that journey. Yeah. Unreal. I, I, to be honest, I don't even think that I could have that wherewithal to say that because even, like, no matter where you are, everyone could use that kind of advice but yep. be ready or be prepared is... Yeah. It's something that takes a lot of experience and growth to, to formulate it. To be able to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's just a, I think it's just another step, I guess, in, yeah, in growth and in maturity that you kind of realize the power of those words of being ready. Because, um, yeah, people can take that in a real shallow way or people can take that real deep and be like, oh, I get what she means. <laughs> I know what she means. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you get it, you get it. Well, <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> like you say, there's multiple avenues, man. Yeah. That's the best thing about advice like that is if it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, then that's keep the pie. It's nothing to throw away. It's just something to put back in the back of the pocket. Yeah. Like all advice is great advice. No advice is bad advice. Yeah. So going on the flip side of this now, if we're in five to ten years in the future and you look back on this episode what's something that you'd like to tell yourself in five to ten years when you look back on this episode oh oh damn okay um <laughs> oh, what would i like to tell myself 
I'd like to tell myself that I made it. I think that's that's the one thing that I, I can't wait to tell myself is like, we finally made it. We made it to where we wanted to be, you know, we've achieved. Like, I, I hope that when I look back on this episode, the dreams that you've put in that box, I've managed to tick off. Um, so there, I hope I, hope I made it. <laughs> With your drive and your your just willpower and determination to make stuff happen, there's no doubt that's happened. So in future, Geordie, you're looking at this. Congrats. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> yeah. One question I would like to ask as well before we start wrapping up, because I see time is ticking on, is how do you define success? What does success look like for you? What does success look like for me? Success for me, and it sounds cliche as because, I mean, my mum used to say it to me when I was growing up too, success is whatever, I guess, makes you happy, whatever brings you fulfillment um, and whatever brings you a sense of content or peace. That's what success is to me. So if, it doesn't matter on what scale, it doesn't matter how big that win or success is, if it gives you some kind of fulfillment or joy, or, you know, makes you so happy and over the moon, then that's a, that's success. Um, and that's always been success to me. Um, it's just happiness, I guess, and being at peace with where I am and what I've done and who I am. <laughs> I rate that. I love that. It, it's so true, though. Like, success is determined by the person that is trying to be successful, so yep. whether it's yourself or myself. And I, tr I truly believe that too, is ultimately success is where you find happiness. And if you find happiness in work, if yep. you find happiness in family, if you find happiness in friends, if you find happiness at the damn beach, yep. that's success. That's you success. can make it to a beach and you're happy. That's success. Exactly, exactly. And I think now more than ever in this day and age with social media and how easy it is to compare your life to the next person's, it's so important to remember that, that it doesn't matter what scale your success sits on. It, matter, it doesn't have to be a brand new house or your dream car or anything like that. It could be the smallest thing like making it to work the next day or, you know, making someone smile as well. Um, and that's especially for me in my line of work when I deal with people every day. That's always success to me. If I can leave someone better than how they walked in, I'm like, cool, I've done my job. That's success. That's a win. Um, so yeah, just being, being at peace and being happy with what you do and who you are and why you're doing it. Those all amount to success for me. Ah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Advice, Barno. <laughs> oh, no. That's some amazing advice and, and such, um, thoughtful and insightful, um, Ficaro around that as well. Thank you. This is what I love the most. And so I guess as, as we start to wrap up, um, where can people find you? I'm obviously going to link everything down below, but where can people find you? What are you up to? And why are you doing it? <laughs> All right. Where? What? Why? All right. <laughs> so where? Well, you can find me across TikTok. <laughs> Honestly, search up my first and last name. I'll come up there somewhere and you'll see this big <laughs> smile pop up um, on your screen. Uh, TikTok, Instagram. Those are the two platforms that I'm pushing the most at the moment. Um, what am I currently up to? Well, if you do live in Dunedin, you can also find me at F45 Dunedin CBD, <laughs> right in town, right next to the cop station. So you can come down, say hi. <laughs> um, 
and that's currently what I'm doing and obviously doing my best to hustle at the dream of making content full time. Um, and why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? I just, I think this line of work and just my dreams bring me such a great sense of fulfillment and happiness. Um, you know, like if, when I think about making it my content creating job into a full-time job and getting to do or getting to talk to people or getting to inspire or motivate people every day, like that's why I'm doing it. That's the essence of why I do what I do is to make the world a little bit better than what it already is you know, or, or, or make someone's day a bit better than what it already is. Um, so yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Fano. So like she said, if you are in Dunedin, get down there. I don't care if you just got released from the police station. Go check out we are still so welcoming you in open arms. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her what up, say I love your content, keep promoting it, go like, follow, subscribe and share to all of her stuff. She is doing some amazing things out there because it is hard trying to make content. It's hard, man. It's hard. So honestly, just show your content creators some love, like all your content creators, because they're out here doing doing the hard yards, (laughs) you know, trying to break the societal norms. Hey, yeah, try and tell your whānau in that, that, oh, sorry, I'm not doing med. I want to, you know, do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, I want to go make videos. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's already a hard conversation right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, same as me. Oh, I'm doing a podcast. What's that? Kind of like a radio show without the radio. <laughs> <laughs> a radio a radio show that everyone can access. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so nah, it is it is tough out there, Fano, but go show Geordie some love. She's an amazing person, but just out here trying to crack it. So go check her content out, Fano. Before we go, go check out 99dreams.co.nz. Check out the website. I just made it up, Fano. So go have a look over there. Uh, if you struggle with the translation, kaina means home. Koe uh, mato means about us. Hekai um, mahi means stuff but uh forget i forget some of the translations sometimes i forget that people don't understand te reo maori and 99 dreams whanau is you guys the 99 dreams family i'm working on coding it so that we can have automatic translations come up but we're trying to showcase te reo maori a little bit more out there in the, in the world so whanau go check out the website thank you all for listening thank you so much jordan for coming on the show i really do appreciate it. this has been thank such you. an amazing quarter it's been ages since we've caught up so next Hard. time i'm down and done is we'll have to link up and do something come through <laughs> easy as well until next time kakite. <laughs>